0: Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff.
1: We're talking shift. Hey, everyone, it's Lori Bischoff here. Welcome to. We're talking shift, where my guest, DeJour and I talk shift because the antidote to feeling stuck begins in our minds with a shift in our thinking, and that shift often means you have got to take some action and go rogue. At some point, the guests that I interview have gone rogue, and they've made a shift that has altered the course of their life, talking about those radical shifts and how they ultimately change their lives for the better is what I am passionate about sharing with you in the hopes that you too will be inspired to go rogue when you need to make some shifts happen in your own life. Today's guest is Cindy O'Brien. Cindy is a women's wellness and empowerment coach. She's founder of the Law of Attractive Not to be confused with the Law of Attraction, you guys, the Law of Attractive, which was created to help get all women out of body jail and help them raise their vibration by optimizing their health physically and mentally. Her coaching services help women build thriving relationships with their bodies by forming an understanding of how it works, uh, balancing their hormones healing their relationships with food, because let me tell you, the whole thing with food, there it's definitely a powerful relationship. So that is key. But also, um, she helps with uh, forming trust with their bodies. So without further ado, let's bring her on. Hey, Cindy. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me and talking shift today. Oh my gosh,
0: I would love to. This is one of my favorite topics. So thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of mine too. I I do a fair amount of talking about this subject, especially lately. So the timing is really good because uh, I just, um, just last week I was talking to a guest um, about several things and and what we're going to be focusing on today was was part of that conversation. So I think the timing is great and um, I think when it comes to health in any mm-hmm. manner, you just can't share too much of the good stuff.
0: I know and
1: everyone has a
0: different story and different history with it, but you'll see a lot of parallels between them is what I've noticed.
1: Yeah, and I'm anxious to uh, to hear a little bit about that. So to start off, um, speaking of stories, what is your story? What got you interested in deciding to become a health coach?
0: Yeah. So I always say, and I hear this a lot too, but I think like your passions really come and find you. It's your life experiences that bring you to that point and you just feel so compelled to do something. You can't think about doing anything else but that. Yes. <laughs> um, but so for me, it was just like, it was something that used to be a struggle for me. And then it it ended up turning into a love. And I think that's just very telling Um, if you can flip flip an emotion like that or, or flip your life around like that, like there's a reason for it and you have something to teach others who are maybe struggling with something that you faced in the past. I think that holds true for any kind of difficult experience. Like our experiences are our best teachers and it turns us into a teacher. So, yeah, I think it was the things that I that I went through and then seeing other women who were
1: where I used to be. I'm like, girl, let me show you the way. Like I got this. (laughs) Yeah, it totally. And so you said flip it around. So I'm kind of curious. um, Are you willing to share a little bit about what it was you had to flip? You. It sounds like you yeah. had to go rogue. You. You have a going rogue story. Mm-hmm. I. I feel it coming.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. So, right now, like if anyone follows me on Instagram or knows me personally, like I love health and fitness. Like I'm always like, oh, what recipe can I cook? Like what can I learn? Or, oh, who wants to like work out down by the bay? Like it's actually fun for me. I fully fell in love with it. Um, But I hadn't always been that way. In fact, I was very polar on the total opposite end of that where I had no idea what to eat or I had no idea how to work out and I wanted nothing to do with it. And I also felt like this sense of embarrassment of like trying to diet or like having to go to the gym, I felt like I was fixing myself Mm -hmm. instead of like just doing it for me for a good reason I felt like oh no like I have I have something to change and if people know I'm on a diet they're gonna know I'm insecure and it was like this weird connection with it like I didn't even want to tell my boyfriend or my boyfriend at the time that I was like watching what I was eating I don't know why I had this like humiliation around it Hmm. um yeah it was like I still can't even fully put a finger on what that was all about but I know that a lot of women. start dieting at a really, really young age, just because of the media right now. And um, when I was growing up too, like I was always really embarrassed of my body, not just weight wise, but I was always the tallest. I still am. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I hit my growth spurt in middle school. Um, so I was, I always stuck out like I was always the biggest. I remember I was uh, a ballerina, I took dance lessons. And I was like the big ballerina, which if everyone knows, like, Valerie they're supposed to be tiny, you know, and like the girls would laugh at me and I, I stuck out and remember looking at the pictures and being like, why am I so big? Mm. So I, I had always been just like embarrassed of my body from a really young age. And um, I've done a lot of research and statistically, I think it's 90% of nine year olds have been on a diet already. And I was fully one of them. And that's just crazy. Like the little yeah. education we have as growing children that should be nourished and yeah. you know that's when our our brain development's happening and all of that and and uh, I was one of the ones that was like oh I guess I should restrict I guess I shouldn't eat and at that age like you don't even know what like a macro is or micros or anything so,
1: <laughs> yeah that's, that's such a that is I so young that's I appalling love. to to think about I nine know. year olds being on diets.
0: Oh my gosh. And at the time, like when you're one of them, you think you're the only one, but like 90%, that's a wild statistic. But uh, yeah, so I guess I'm not, I'm not abnormal. <laughs> but at the time I thought I was, you know, mm-hmm. But I, like I remember sitting down, like I'd be in the room with my girlfriends and I would always like grab a pillow or something to put on my lap because I, I was embarrassed of like my little belly that would like hang over my jeans or whatever. But I mean, in hindsight, I'm like, okay, well, if that little nine-year-old had been confident and pulled her shoulders back, maybe she wouldn't have been slouching and had to hide under a pillow, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, in hindsight, what I know now, I wouldn't have been that way. But, yeah, it was just a constant struggle with food growing up. Um, And I think, like, a lot of it was lack of, like, education around it and also Mm -hmm. lack of confidence. Um, In high school, it manifested as bulimia for a short amount of time, Um, In college, it was just eating, like, strictly, like, very, very small meals of only vegetables Um, and, you know, like, cardio for hours and just really not understanding my body and Mm -hmm. having a sense of what it needed, just really disconnecting from myself. Um, And I think that's something a lot of people struggle with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that um, so many people don't have a an intimate relationship with their body um mm-hmm. it, you know exactly it's, it's yeah yeah they 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 don't um realize because they haven't been taught we have to be taught these things otherwise you just mm. typically you don't intrinsically know that you know i i suppose there are some rare exceptions out there but most of it is learned behavior and um yeah you know like you said you, you're either taught to do things a certain way and think a certain way or you're or you're not taught anything and then you just sort of mm. absorb you know by default things around you and uh, right. and when you yeah. And when you don't have that relationship with your body, because, you know, you've been taught or because you've self-educated and, and learned, um, you know, you're not, you're missing all of the cues that it's giving you. You're missing mm-hmm. all of, the, it's got a language, you know, and it speaks to you and it will tell you yeah. if you tap exactly. into it.
0: Exactly. Oh my gosh, exactly. And that that's what I ended up learning. But um, I think you're right. A lot of it is taught. And I think we always hear, like, I remember, like, little girls would be like, oh, my mom says you can't eat cookies, or you can't have this, you can't have that. So you're, as a little girl, like, growing up, and, like, even through, like, middle school and high school, you're like, oh, okay, can't have this, can't have that, can't this. So then you start, like, disassociating your, from your body, you know? Instead, you're like, okay, well, I know I'm hungry, I know my stomach's grumbling, but apparently food is bad, you know, because we're we're taught these things, and then the media doesn't help. So Mm -hmm. girls are given this perception of like, okay, well, I need to put my trust in a meal plan or, you know, a Mm -hmm. a shake or a product instead of what does my body need right now? Right. So we're, we never got to know our body and instead of learning about our bodies and like Visceral intelligence and knowing what all of these cues mean. What does a craving mean? Because craving doesn't mean something bad. It means you're deficient in a micronutrient. But we're yeah. not taught that. We're taught cookies are bad, So does bad, which I'm not saying it's good. But, and then we right. get all these different perceptions like, oh, low fat. So it's like, okay, like, should I, can I eat yogurt? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. These, like, what are the rules? Instead of looking inward and, and learning about your body, we're like picking up a hundred different. Magazines that all teach you something different, and then we get overwhelmed, and we're like, "Okay, I guess all I can eat is asparagus." <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Asparagus yeah. and celery now is is yeah! the uh, is the big trend, right? Like California I can't keep like celery that. in stock. <laughs> I know. I
0: actually have it in my fridge
1: right now, but I genuinely <laughs> enjoy it. Me, me too. And it's really expensive it. to get celery up here in Cody, Wyoming, by the way. I'm like, why oh, am I spending gosh. $5 on a thing of celery? Um, uh,
0: and I wouldn't be shocked if it's part of that trend, to be honest. like oh, I, I, I know, know. it is. <laughs> I know
1: it is we yeah, we can, the more we can soon think the, you come
0: to this stuff yeah and then you start <laughs> to see the patterns like oh okay
1: <laughs> i know we can thank anthony william the medical medium for that for that salary mm, trend. true.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty.
1: I swear by it, but but anyway, so you're you're so spot on about all of that stuff, and and you're right. It's uh, one thing to be told, you know, you can't have you can't have a cookie, you know, and you can't have sodas and the other things that you mentioned, you know, which is a it's a good idea to understand that those mm-hmm. things are. Good. But if you don't know the the why of it, if you don't have the understanding exactly. of the why then you still are just blindly going well okay i don't know what why i can't have it and i don't know then why it's okay to have other things you just have mm-hmm. no foundation to build on
0: right, right. Yeah. yeah that's
1: completely true you you mentioned um you uh, or i read it i think on something i was mm-hmm. uh, doing a little research you used the phrase um helping to get women out of body jail, which I thought was really clever. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about that. That's a great phrase. Yeah. So
0: the way I felt was everything I wanted to do in life was
1: contingent
0: on having the perfect body in order to do it. Or if I wanted to advance in a relationship, that must have been the key to it, you know, instead of working on like, my energy levels and what I was bringing to the table, like through my personality, like I have a very goofy, bubbly, funny personality. But when I was constantly depriving myself, like, I'm like, I'm just gonna go take a nap. And I was grumpy and I was snappy. And I just I wasn't being who I am, you know, Mm. and that's what I think body jail is, is when you're restricting, 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 waiting for this perfection that's never going to come if we're disassociating from our bodies and mistreating it. That's just a spiral effect for anxiety, depression, like food supports our our state of mind, you know, and if we don't have a good state of mind, it's going to lead us to binge eating. So it's a vicious cycle, you know, we don't like our body, we deprive ourselves. Depriving leads to Depression and anxiety. Depression and anxiety leads to emotional eating, which leads to us not liking our body. And we just spiral spiral spiral. So for me, that body jail.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it
0: really does feel like a prison. Like you can't think of anything else because you're just thinking about what am I gonna eat next and I don't like myself and it just it just goes downward, downward, downward. Um, and that that's what I was in. And I think for me I realized it one day. I was just like, What am I doing? Like this sucks. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know, like, I don't, honestly, I can't even really put a finger on exactly what the moment was. But I think I almost like kind of like threw in the towel on dieting, but I didn't because I ended up actually getting healthier. But I was just like, I can't do this nonsense anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, so as I said, like high school bulimia, college anorexic, what it was finally, when I started getting healthy, it was just like, I'm done with that. Like, I I literally can't do this restriction thing. Like I suck as a person right now. (laughs) But um, I was in a long term relationship with about five years. And the last year of it was super stagnant. Like the spark was just gone. And I was staying with this guy because I was comfortable. And he was an amazing guy. I mean, he probably still is. I don't talk to him anymore. But um, I have nothing bad to say about him. But I think we were just growing apart. But the type of person I was at the time, I was very codependent. So I I was always emptying my cup for other people. I always wanted everyone else to be happy. And I was never, again, looking inward at the things that I needed and nurturing my body and paying attention to myself. So on top of this deprivation, I was also emptying my emotional cup for everyone else. So I was afraid of breaking up with him. I was afraid of leaving because at the time, like, and this was just my story or my delusion at the time was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, i i feel so bad like i've been with him for five years i can't possibly leave like i felt wrong doing it and then in one moment i realized i was like wait a minute like he could break up with me and then what if i stay in this relationship unhappy because i wanted to make him happy but what if i get dumped (laughs) (laughs) and i was like wait a minute i was like i should do this because i'm not happy and i want to move to california i lived in boston at the time And, like, I want to surround myself with women who are healthy. Like, I was in the group of girls that I was friends with at the time was more, like, party, Um, didn't didn't work out, but didn't need to. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. or looks-wise, from my perception at the time. Again, that was my story. But Mm -hmm. my body was always very sensitive. It fluctuated very easily. So I had to keep up on myself and keep myself, feeling good again I think it's more about a feeling than a way of looking right Um, but the group of people I was around didn't support that like they were like oh please come out Oh, just do this do that and it it didn't support my lifestyle and again like nothing wrong with these people it was the way they wanted to live their life and that it supports them but it didn't align with me and who I was
1: Mm -hmm. so
0: it was really hard for me because again I struggled with codependency my whole life Um, so for me to break off and start completely over and just say, look, like the lifestyle I want to live, I I'm going on this path. And what I, what I really wanted was women who are like, I love going hiking. And I love again, like working out by the bay and doing fun things that make you feel good. And when you feel good, naturally all those other things come into line because you're no longer in this anxiety and depression spiral you're happy and you don't feel this like compulsion to go eat when you're happy because you already have this serotonin and the dopamine and your endorphins and all the happy hormones from something else you don't feel like you need that addictive outlet to food to to get those happy spikes right so uh yeah so I was like I want women who are like hey, let's go on a hike and get, like, a runner's high instead of, hey, let's go get drunk and hate our bodies the next day, you know? And I'm like, this is what <laughs> right. you need. Yeah. So yeah. it was hard for me. But, yeah, my pivotal moment was being like, hey, I'm starting over fresh. I became single after five years of that. And I got on a plane and I moved to California.
1: Wow. So you (laughs) did, you did go rogue. You left the relationship and the state you lived in. Yeah, five
0: year relationship and like all my friends and everything. Yeah. And jumped on a plane and came out here. Yeah. So I remember sitting on my floor in my apartment making my vision board. And Mm -hmm. the very first thing I put on the vision board, there was a picture I found on Pinterest. And it was of like four girls all wearing like these pastel dresses holding balloons. And I was like, this is what I want. Like, I want a group of girlfriends that's just vibrant, bubbly, and fun. And that was the first thing I put on there. I'm like, all right, where am I going to meet these girls? So I I worked from home at the time. I was in um, marketing. I was working for Dell. So I had a remote job, wasn't meeting anyone at home. So uh, I signed up to be a group fitness teacher and that's where I met all my friends I was at the gym and like just doing something truly like bubbly and fun. And then that's where I met the group of girls. And it's so funny looking back cause I still have that picture mm-hmm. and I hung it up next to a picture of me and all my new girlfriends. Is cause it's crazy. It's like once you set the intentions and know exactly what you want, And become very clear and and commit to it. That's the big thing. Because I could have put that on there and still been in that relationship and still said yes to everything that I knew didn't serve me. But Mm -hmm. it was a matter of saying no. Like, no, this is what I want. I'm staying true to it. And putting myself in the environment where I thought those women would be. And and that's really like the art of manifesting isn't just being like, this is what I want. It's going to show up at your doorstep. It's like, this is what I want. Now I'm going to go get it.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's just sort of a, a wish, but that is not the same thing as as a driving um mm-hmm. desire, you know, that's fueled with intention exactly. and action and mm-hmm. you know, and focusing on on that and the feeling of it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. Definitely
0: the feeling.
1: Definitely a feeling. Yeah, yeah, the feeling is like the fuel. That's the driving. That's that's the thing that makes makes it work is the power mm-hmm. of the feeling behind the desire and the intention. And that's uh-huh. how I, I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
0: like and to circle back to all this stuff about body image, we're obsessed with this like magazine photo, you know, of, like this this woman on the magazine. That's what I want to look like, and we're so focused on a look. But what if instead of focusing on a look, we were focusing on a feeling? And how would that be different? So the next time someone's like, okay, well, what are my like health goals? Whatever. Instead of writing down like what you're going to look like, try being like, how am I going to feel? Like, How am I going to wake up in the morning and feel? How does my mind feel? How does my body feel? When I'm running up a, a hill or if I'm playing volleyball on the beach, how does my body move? And kind of think of it like that. And when you flip the approach, naturally, you don't want to have soda or cookies. Like we said, instead of like hand slapping, you can't have that instead. It's, I don't even want to reach for that. Right. You know? And, so, and that, yeah, that was really what it was for me was like, I want to be happy and I want to be able to like bounce around and do cartwheels. And instead of thinking of a jean size or what was it like on a scale, I, again, I focused on that feeling and that's what I would meditate on. And that's what I, that's what I was trying to manifest for myself. And, that's when everything became easier, like no more restrictions, because when you're focusing on a feeling again, like you, it's kind of like riding a bike, like you'll get on and you'll fall off or start training wheels and eventually you can take them off, you know, and that's how it is with intuitive and mindful eating is like, yeah, of course I had a cookie here and there, but after I had the cookie, I thought about like, how do I feel right now? And oftentimes it was not good or I felt the energy crash after like being really, really attentive to how your body responds to food. And when I started doing that, like, I didn't really want those things anymore majority of the time. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have chocolate chips in my cabinet right now. I do. (laughs) But I have like one or two every now and again. And and yeah, you know, I don't I don't binge anymore. I don't go out of control. But it's exactly to your point of focusing on a feeling. And I think it's like that with anything in life, whether it's relationships, food, finances, anything, it's like how do I want to feel instead of being stuck on this like idea of something and having attachments.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I am totally aligned with everything you just said, which I think is really um it's it's perfect because you know, your your company, the the law of attractive, which is so great, you know, kind of a spin on the law of attraction. Um I love yeah. that. And and Thank for anybody so. that yeah, and anybody that's a really serious student of the law of attraction understands that it's not about just you know randomly slapping um things Mm. you wish for on a board there's there's a there's a whole different um layer beneath that that's key and it is all wound up in the feeling part so i uh i i know that 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 is that's yeah it's critically important to understand that part and i'm the same way when i work with with clients um when it comes to their eating lifestyle, their health and wellness, uh, I do the same thing. I'm like, don't don't worry about numbers on a scale and mm-hmm. sizes, and all you need to be focused on right now is how you feel. And yeah, the totally. other stuff will take care of itself if you just focus yep. on how you feel. You won't even. Oh it'll God, just,
0: I'm so glad you said that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah sorry go ahead
1: no you 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 go uh, <laughs> I want to hear your take
0: oh I was gonna say I, I had that same realization and now I hear people saying it you know I'm like that's what that means but I remember like when I was still like stuck in that spiral um and like thinking about leaving that relationship I wasn't sure like I saw the attachments but anyway it's like I wasn't happy and I thought I wasn't happy because, like, my eating habits sucked, you know? And then I realized, I'm like, maybe my eating habits suck because I'm not happy. And <laughs> it's like, you flip it, right? Because it's like, yes. when I'm thin, then I'll be happy. But it's like, when you're happy, then you respect your body. When you respect your body, that's when you become healthy. It's like, we have it so backwards. But yeah. that's the thing is, that, like you can't, you can't package up happy and sell it on a shelf, you know, and that's why it's backwards because we're so programmed by magazines we read or TV shows or products we see. And I mean, that's marketers are smart. That's how you get people to buy stuff, but that's why, you know, we get these, mm-hmm. these mental frustrations about it, but uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's really just about conscious choices towards happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to resist that constant, um, I guess, indoctrination process from mm-hmm. from, yeah, marketers and, you know, the produce anybody that's producing something that they want to sell you. You yeah, really have to you have to beware and you have to resist the uh, indoctrination of that and yeah. really, really focus on, you know, what you need for your own version of of feeling good and having you know, a happy life, whatever that means for you.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And again, that's not to say like all fitness and diet products are bad. I don't no. think that. But I, I think everybody's body is different. Everyone responds differently to things. And you have to find what works for you. And that's why so many of us are stuck. So another statistic, and this is on my website, is that only uh, 5% of Americans are successful at losing weight and keeping it off.
1: Mm-hmm. which is a crazy
0: statistic, but the diet and weight loss industry is constantly growing. It's at like, I think 50 to $60 billion right now and growing, but also the rate of disease and obesity is correlated with that still going up. So like, yep. these things clearly aren't working, you know, and like so many women are stuck in this yo-yo diet cycle. But so when you propose mindful and eating, mindful eating intuitive eating to people, usually there's resistance because again, we've been taught to disconnect from our bodies and not trust our bodies. So we think like going off a diet, we're like, oh my God, I'm gonna eat everything in my cabinet. (laughs) You know, so there's Mm -hmm. so so much resistance. Like, I can't do that. Like I can't have no guidelines. And again, it's about building trust with that with your body and connecting within. But we always have so much resistance to it. But I like to just say it's like, okay, has anything else you've done worked? No. Why don't you just try it then? Maybe it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what's the risk? You stay in the cycle, and you know you're going to stay in the cycle, or try something new.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people have this um, strange uh, perception that they number one have to go on a diet, so they look at it as something that right away is going to be um painful <laughs> right mm-hmm. you know restrictive and limited and you know denial and all the things that go along with that and so you know that right away is is sabotaging that mindset it, rather than looking at it as i'm going to evolve my eating lifestyle into mm-hmm. I'm going to slowly start doing less of this and more of that so that it's just sort of a natural evolution and you start to create a new normal. And I think, that you know, I, when I work with people, we, we really try to... Focus on that, and, you know, the feeling and paying attention to how what you're eating and when you're eating it makes you feel and then just going, okay, if I just, you know, um, tweak this a little bit and a little more of this and a little less of that and then just, um, you know, incrementally over uh-huh. over time, those those changes done consistently ultimately allow you to create an entirely new eating lifestyle. And you never really f- you don't feel like you went on a diet because you didn't. You just simply uh-huh. changed your eating lifestyle. So I think that that you know, coming at it from that mindset is so much more helpful and empowering than, Trying to decide you know that you're gonna go on a diet because that has an entirely different connotation to it, and it's usually not a good one.
0: I agree. I totally agree. And to that point, think about how much mental capacity we get back when we're not constantly tracking every calorie or you know meal prepping all the time. Like I'm a huge fan of cooking as like a fun passion now as opposed to a chore. You know, and like everything completely flips when you just focus on happiness, how you wanna feel. It's yeah. it's
1: wild. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yep. So so your so your own um issues with with all of this is ultimately what led you then to becoming a health coach, uh-huh. correct? Um yeah. You know, your own transformation. So, uh, when you're working with clients, what would you say are like the top, I don't know, couple, two, or three most common issues that you see mm-hmm. women struggling with?
0: Looking outward is the first one um, on two levels, I think, physically and emotionally. So, yeah, looking outward, comparing yourself to other women or you know, picking something like, Hey, this worked for my sister or my friend or my cousin. It's got to work for me. And then it doesn't comparing yourself, you know, mm-hmm. always looking somewhere else instead of looking within you and physically, Hey, what's my body need? What are, what are the signs that I'm getting? What are these cues that I need to be paying attention to? So physically looking inward mm-hmm. um, and emotionally looking inward. Um, again, back to the emotional eating, like what's causing your unhappiness and what are you, numbing it for you know Mm -hmm. because that's essentially what we do when we when we emotionally eat we're releasing those happy hormones to numb this feeling but once that wears off that feeling's going to come back so let's think hey what's setting me off what's making me unhappy find the source of the unhappiness and fix that it doesn't lie in a meal plan it doesn't lie in a product on a shelf none of that it's all about you and what you truly truly need so when I work with my clients there's yes we focus on food, but majority of the focus is on emotions and getting your life where you want it to be, and that's when you find that self worth and that self respect. So, um, for number one, uh, yeah, I would say um, stop looking outward and look inward.
1: Yeah, perfect. I love that. You're so right. So, <laughs> what, um, what is your vision for the future with where you want to go with this? How do you want to make, uh, you know, a bigger impact?
0: Yeah. So when I talked about my pivotal point and the big change for me, yes, I left a lot of stuff behind and started over from scratch. But like I said, the first thing I put on my vision board was that community, that group of girls. And I don't think without them, I would be where I am today because so much of it has just been, me talking out what I'm going through, me getting advice from other people. And honestly, girls who were confident enough to be like, hey, maybe you should rethink that. I think it's really important to have friends that will call you out when maybe you're not right. Because some people are like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And let you do what you're doing. But I think someone who really cares about you is like, hey, girl, like readjust, like get your head on straight Mm -hmm. here and like actually work you work with you through issues. So The biggest thing is a support system. So what I'm creating um, is a community of women who want the same thing, who want a circle of girls who are all about self-development, loving your life, being happy, supporting each other, no jealousy, no self-sabotage, or making fun of people behind the back. Like all like, girl, what are you going through? This is a safe place to talk about it. Let's work it out and let's get you happy. And again, like the things we do for fun is like hiking, cooking together, fun stuff like that. So in San Diego, where I'm based, um, the group I'm in, Soul Society, we're hosting monthly events, all of the different topics. So like one month we'll focus on relationships, another one we'll focus on finance, another one we'll focus on food and body image, um, but I know like the message I have should scale much farther than just my 10 mile radius. So I'm also creating an an online community for the same exact thing. So doing webinars and having a Facebook group where everyone can come and talk and connect with one another there. So not just
1: right here in my own town, but um, trying to scale it like, globally, why not? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you do that? I think that's awesome, yeah. and and I I uh, I really think that it's important. Like you said, the uh, the circle of influence. Um, mm-hmm that's a that's a big part of it i i think that there are i know that you probably run into this and i do too um people that are are trying to turn things around when it comes to their eating lifestyle but um but the lack of support um oftentimes resistance even downright resistance from maybe other people that are right you know i have to cook three dinners now one for my kids and one for my spouse Mm. and one for myself and you know it's a an uphill battle for for so many people um and so having a uh, a circle of influence and some support is really really important
0: right I totally agree honestly yeah and uh there's a a phrase or a saying whatever you want to call it um the law of averages you are an average of the five people you spend the most
1: time around mhm yeah so very telling. Yep, it is. If you are, uh, if you're kind of wondering why you can't accomplish the things you dream about, just just look at who's um, sitting next to you most of the time, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Just and yeah, and the, the the tough thing with that is, like I said about the people that I moved away from, is not making them wrong, you know, right. and saying like, because uh, it, it's true. It's like you got to find people who align with what you want. And they're going to help you and uplift you. And those people, they just want different things. And that's okay, you know. And that was a hard one for me for a while. It was like, oh, like, this party life, it's so bad, you know. But I was a part of it, too, you know. Mm -hmm. And not making them wrong because, like, maybe they're doing just fine in all the things that they want, you know. It just didn't work for me. So there's nothing wrong. Like, let them do what they want to do and live their own life. But yeah. again, like be sure of yourself and what you need and the path that you're going on. If people are going on a different path, and you know, wish them well and keep going on yours.
1: Yeah, and that's a really good point. It's not about judgment and making mm, somebody yeah. else wrong. It's just about I this that is for
0: a while too. To be honest,
1: and yeah, yeah, wasn't well, good. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good, and and you know, but it's part of your own growing process and yeah. and um, your own you know really becoming more aware of things. Um, mm-hmm. So you just you let go of that and you you bless everybody on their way. I mean, not everybody that you are involved with is meant to be, you know, a lifetime assignment. Some people exactly. are just in your life for, uh, you know, for a minute, for a season, season yeah. right? And and some yeah. people are a lifetime assignment, but, but everybody isn't. So you have to um, really be able to get a feel for that and let your intuition guide you when it's time to grow. Sometimes you just outgrow the people that you're uh-huh. hanging out with. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we've talked about a f- really uh, several things that are good ways for people to start making a change. Um, but let's just, um, if there's a couple of other things that we didn't touch on, or if you want to recap on a couple things to leave mm-hmm. our listeners with, if they're thinking, yeah, you know, I could use, I just don't even know where to start. You know, what do I do? I've yeah. tried and failed. What would you say?
0: Yeah. For me, Um, and a lot of the clients that I've worked with, it's inner work. So get a journal and a pen before we go buy another like diet product, journal and a pen. That's what we need to start with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And and really the self-reflection. Um, one thing, um, I really advanced with this year in teaching wise, um, is learning about subconscious reprogramming and getting rid of our failure patterns that have us in these vicious cycles because our subconscious mind is a thousand times more powerful than our conscious mind. So we can say we're making choices, but if your subconscious mind doesn't believe it, it's going to find a way to make it prove itself true. So it's going to, you know, make you, you know, self-sabotage yourself or if you don't believe something's possible for yourself, like it's really not going to happen. Like success takes work, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. Like as much as people want to tell you it's easy, you can snap your fingers. There's no such thing as a quick fix. So I think it really comes down to that inner work and being so, so, so conscious of what you're feeding your mind, what you're teaching your mind and what your beliefs are. So it's finding out like what are all of those limiting beliefs that you have and how are you going to get rid of them and what to replace them with. So a lot of times people need a coach for that. Um, because getting to that place is oftentimes hard and we have a lot of avoidance and we need someone to keep questioning us and keep digging until we really get down to it. Most of the time people don't know what, what they are, what their blind spots are. You need someone to guide you there. And a coach doesn't have all the answers. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. I can't tell you what's going on with you, but I can ask you the questions that can get you to dig up those answers. Right. And that's really what coaching is all about. And that's why I think having a coach is so important because we want to avoid, we want to keep these emotions buried. We, It's, it's tough to have them surface, but once they do, you can let them go. So yeah. I think once someone is ready, work with someone, get rid of those um, subconscious beliefs that aren't serving you and then once you kind of scrub that clean you can replace it with these really empowering beliefs and these empowering thoughts and you know it's almost like starting over <laughs> starting mm-hmm. over making nice fresh and moving forward with that so yeah i
1: think inner work so again looking inward and then the second thing i'll say is inner work perfect i concur that's what yeah. that's what shifting is all about i you know it's it's how i start every show you know which is um <laughs> It, which is, you know, talking shift, You ha- all shift begins with your thinking. That's where you have yep. to start. So anything you're trying to do, it all begins in your mind. Mm-hmm. So, the, the inner work you're talking about is key. It's foundational. And yes, oftentimes, we really do need to get some help with that because uh, it can be tricky. It can be very tricky. And, you know, we we like to avoid pain and seek pleasure. So, if that means, wow, I don't have to feel this really uncomfortable belief, you know, that's buried so deep in me. If I just, um, you know, maybe eat, eat a bunch of uh, ice cream and have some... <laughs> Have some fried food. I can stuff that belief down there and bury that sucker for good and never right. have to feel it. you know that's you know we're not consciously thinking with that, but that's what people, that's what we that end up doing. you know we we're burying things with food or filling voids with food. So you do, you have to dig deep. you gotta get get down there, Unearth those um, sabotaging beliefs and uh, and then you have space. Then you create space for the new yeah. beliefs and the new patterns and systems and things that you want to, you know, bring into your life. So great, great point. Really good. Yeah, totally agree. So before I ask you my last question, um, mm-hmm. Cindy, go ahead and share where people can find you so that if they would like to check into, you know, what you're up to or or look into yeah. working with you, where can they find you?
0: Sure. So my Instagram is probably the easiest because that's practically a phone number these days. (laughs) Um, And it's at the law of attractive. So attractive, like pretty attractiveness. That's what it is. And uh, I don't think I said this before, but what that represents is um, kind of ditching the patriarchal beauty standards and saying a woman is the most attractive when she's at her highest vibration and her highest frequency. So again, giving up the like, obsession with weight loss and saying like, Hey, I'm beautiful and I'm happy. So that's what the law of attractive represents. Oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad you said that. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's at the law of attractive. And then I also have the law of I'm putting up a webinar this week that actually talks about um, breaking out of the yo-yo dieting cycle, like how to do it. So you can check out my webinar there, the law of slash webinar, giving away all those big tips and tricks for people. Um, and then my personal handle is
1: O'Brien. Perfect. Thank you very much. So my last question, Cindy, is what would you like to share with our listeners about the value of going rogue?
0: It's life-changing <laughs> and it's life-changing for the better. It's scary, but that means you're doing something right because you're doing something bold and brave. And that always is rewarding.
1: Excellent. Just excellent. That was awesome. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. You shared amazing things. I love it. And I know that a lot of people are going to relate to about everything, probably, that you just talked about. <laughs> <Yeah. So>. Statistically. <laughs> <we> <laughs> older, right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So thank you again for sharing this time with us. And I mm. uh, I wish you well. We will be in touch. and um, And namaste. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And I'm a flight. All right. Bye, Cindy. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out on another session of the We're Talking Shift podcast. I hope that you love what you heard today. I would be so delighted. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Share your thoughts with me. And I would be just ecstatic if you would give me a rating, please. If you're trying to make some shift happen in your own life and you would like to find out what private coaching with me is all about, just connect with me on any of the social media platforms or go over to we'retalkinshift.com or Bischoff.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Until we talk again next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen. That goes for you too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.